This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 224. We got a great one for you guys today. We haven't really talked much NBA since the season started, partially because last week we tried to record and had the worst (laughs) technical difficulties we've had in maybe podcast history. Ever, ever, on both ends. It was not great. Tried to clean it up. It wasn't it wasn't serviceable. So we just put it in the trash. We're running it back this week. Yeah, it wasn't worth your time. So this week we're gonna do a little bit of a NBA, you have my attention, talk about a few things that have stood out to each one of us. Then we're gonna go and look at the new college football playoff rankings. Second edition of those came out this week. Jackson's Pokes coming off a big bedlam win. My Jayhawks also beat OU two weeks ago, won again against Iowa State. We're going to talk about who we think is a real contender this year. Spoiler, I don't think either one of our teams will be. And then we're going to close it with some big swinging picks. We had picks last week. Again, I hit mine. Jackson, did you hit yours? I hit both of mine. I hit both of them, and I went big. We'll run through what we had. We should have tweeted them out. Um, Yeah. Unfortunate with the technical difficulties, but we've got them all written down. We've got it tracked. We're getting hot. Tailless this week. We're on a roll. Yeah, speaking of, just hit Panthers plus three and a half. Hit my Giannis double-double Milwaukee nice. T-style. We are rolling right now, so you're going to want to listen up to that. Let's get into it, though. Let's talk some NBA. Jackson, what has your attention through a week, week and a half here? The Indiana Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton have my attention. What they've been able to do through their first nine games is pretty incredible. They're leading the league in offense, putting up 126 points per game. No one's even really that close. There's only a couple other teams that are around 120. They've been insanely impressive. Now, the defense has been a little rough. I think there's a good chance they move Buddy Heald at some point, pick up an extra defensive piece. But I'm looking at this team, and I was high on them coming into the year. I'm even higher on them now. I genuinely believe that they're going to win 45-plus games and be the 4, 5, or 6 seed in the East and not even have to worry about the play-in. I think this team is legit. I think Boston's better than them. Milwaukee, once they get it figured out with Damon Giannis, will be better. And then Philly might finish with a better record. But if this team can stay healthy for most of the year, I like them to be a top six seed, and they have been so much fun to watch. They are on my list as well. The Pacers have my attention. Coming off a big win tonight, two-point victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. No Dame for uh, Milwaukee, but still an impressive victory and a 54-point showing from Giannis. Their offense is a juggernaut, as you mentioned. Number one in points per game, number one in offensive rating. They're at 121. Let's see, 121.5. The second is the Nuggets at 118.4. Mavericks just behind them. So there's a little bit of a gap there, too. That's how good they've been on that side of the ball this year. I think Tyrese Halliburton is a virtual lock to be the assist leader this season. I, I Don't quote me on this. I think he has double-digit assists in every single game thus far. They yeah, added another tonight. shooter. Yeah, add another shooter in Bruce Brown. Matherin was a guy we had our uh, eyes on coming into the year, but he's still there. Turner's going to get his shots up. I like what they've got. Carlisle's got this team rolling, uh, rolling to start the season here. Six and three record. That is third in the East. And we both had their over at 38 and a half. That looks really good to start the year. So yeah, I'm with does. you on this one. A little weak at the four. I'm not sure Obi Toppin is the move for the entire Karis season. Walker. 
yeah, we'll see if Jairus Walker gets more game. He's only averaging like nine minutes per game right now. I think he's had DMPs in a few, so it's very early. We'll see if he comes along. They obviously drafted him to be that four, but man, if he can come along or if they can pick up someone who's a little bit more solid defensively over Obi Toppin, they're going to be so freaking good. Yeah, they've been going small at times too, playing Aaron Neesmith at the four. I don't think that's a long-term solution. They did give him a deal this offseason, though, so he'll be in that rotation. Uh, but yeah, excited to see how the season unfolds for them. I'll just go with the other team that has my attention, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're a team I liked at over 44 and a half wins. We said the Pacers were number one in offense. Well, the Wolves are number one in defense thus far to start the season. Anthony Edwards looks like he's made a little bit of a jump. This team's gelled a little bit better. It certainly helps having Cat to start the season and not missing 40, 50-plus games like he did last year. I think they have a real shot to be a top-four team in the Western Conference, and that's a little bit of a sidebar I wanted to talk about today. There really aren't that many teams that jump out to me as true contenders right now. I think in the West, you have Denver, obviously, Golden State's there. And then the Wolves, you could very well convince me they're the third best team in the conference. No, no. Phoenix is going to be better than Minnesota. Let's not go They haven't crazy. shown it thus far. Dude, Devin Booker's played two games and Bradley Beal just played the yeah, first game. Come like I on. said, they haven't shown it yet. So right now at this point in time, they look like the second or third best team. And on the flip side in the East, it's really Boston, Philly, and we expect Milwaukee to get Milwaukee. it together as the season goes on. Yeah, those three are the only real contenders in the East. In the West, something to keep an eye on with Minnesota, though. They played the bulk of their games at home. They're undefeated when playing at home, 5-0. They're 0-2 on the road. Big something win over to keep Boston an eye on. Week. Huge win. So I think that Minnesota is legit. We'll see if the Gobert experience is a better better uh, go-round this year. I'm still not convinced it's going to work with him and Cap, but they're off to a strong start. Yeah, and shout out Naz Reed, uh, one of our six man of the year sleepers, off to a very hot start. I believe his PER is over thirty two right now. Puts him towards. Did the you top see him in league. transition the other night with yeah. the handles and then the dime, dude? He's so good. I wish he was starting somewhere. Major highlight the other night. Okay, well, uh, who who else has your attention? I think that was our first one each. Shaden Sharp has my attention, and Anthony Simons goes down. Scoot Anderson goes down. They don't have a ton of guards healthy right now. They were playing Skylar Mays big minutes last night. But Shaden Sharp, he's averaging almost 20 points, five assists, five rebounds. I think he's going to finish with that stat line, if not better on the year. And I think he's going to be an all-star next season. This year, he's averaging 19.9, 5.3, and 2.9 assists. Those assist numbers are going to pick up with all the guards being hurt. He's just naturally going to handle the ball more over the next 10 to 20 games. And he's shooting at 44% from the field, 36% from three, 83% at the free throw line. The shooting splits aren't incredible, but they're encouraging, especially given the fact that he's on a bad team and someone's got to handle the ball and get shots up. It's just kind of naturally been him late in the game. Malcolm Brogdon also got hurt the other night, so they're absolutely decimated by injuries. I saw a tweet that said, not too long ago, Portland had so many guards, they couldn't play them all, and now they're down to just Shaden Sharp. So pretty ironic that's happened, but man, he's fun to watch. I mean, he's a guy that could win a three-point contest and a dunk contest. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about his future, and this is it's not a good thing that those guys got hurt, but this could be one of those silver linings where Shaden Sharp gets to handle the rock every time they come up the floor and this could help boost his development. He's still just 20 years old. 
crazy athlete, as you mentioned. You see him flash that body control, attacking the basket. Yeah, he he really does have the whole package. I I feel like he had some Bradley Beal comps coming into the league, and I think he can be. Yeah, he's got way more bounce. I think he could be or have a much better career than Bradley Beal even has, which would he's be... He's like Bradley Beal mixed with Gerald Green, but even more potential in a higher ceiling. I, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so Sky is very high for him. Um, and he so just I, turned 20 a couple days ago, so he yeah. is young. Yeah, he's been impressive thus far. I'll go with another youngster. I think my guy Here. Chad Holmgren has a real case for Rookie of the Year, and actually I would put him at number one on the rookie ladder to start the season so far. He has been better than I could have imagined for this Thunder team. He's putting Agreed. up nearly 18 points a game. I don't have the full splits in front of me right now, but he's shooting 90-50-50. Just crazy efficient to start the season. He's hitting trailer threes. He's getting his own shot whenever he needs to, late in the shot clock. He had a really nice move Um yesterday against the Cavs, I think it was Jared Allen on him out on the perimeter, took him inside, hit him with a little turnaround jumper, dream shake action, really impressive bucket. That weird little turnaround off the wrong leg is crazy effective. Little Dirk flash in there. Uh, He's putting up 17 points per game, eight rebounds and two and a half assists, shooting 58% from the floor, 55% from three, 90% from the free throw line. The splits, the advanced stats all look really good so far. I think the year that he had off due to injury last season was huge for him. I mean, he looks noticeably stronger than you saw him at Gonzaga. The big concern coming in, I had a massive concern of can he guard fives? Can he hold up? I'm still not sure if he's more of a four or a five. The modern day NBA, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. We'll see if he can defend the other big time centers, I guess you would call them. You know, the Jokic's. We'll see what it looks like down the stretch, but. I mean, in the Western Conference, there's not that many bigs you have to worry about. So he's a good man. I might be eating some crow on chat, but we'll see what the rest of the season looks like. Yeah, two and a half blocks per game as well. That's important. And I'm with you. We've talked about Robert Williams and Evan Mobley being those roamers off the ball and helping clean up, coming across from the help side, blocking shots. I do think that might be the ideal situation for Chet. But offensively, seeing the spacing that OKC's putting out there, I I think that's really helping him attack the basket. He's taking the ball to the rack, kicking it out to guys for open threes. Cason Wallace chilling in the corner. Aaron Wiggins, like he, it just works having another seven footer who can knock down threes as well as he can and can also create. I, I like the setup. They've been super fun to watch this year. Fun fact. I also want to give a shout out to Casey Wallace because he's been terrific. But fun fact, OKC has three players in the top 10 of three point percentage to start the year. Casey Wallace, number two in the league, 57.1%. He's only taken 1.6 a game, but he has been crazy efficient. Looks the, the jumper looks pure. It's not just a number. Chet, 55.6%. That's third best in the league. Are you about to tell me Dort's up there? Lou Dort is sitting at number 10 right now, 52.5% from downtown, and he is getting them up at a high rate. This is not going to last. He's wide open. Yeah, it's not going to last for him, but he's been awesome to start the season, and we can have a Giddy conversation at some point, but we don't have to keep going right now. When when you're playing with SGA, Giddy, and J-Dub, all three bigger ball handlers, I mean... 
SGA, not necessarily a huge guy, but for a guard, he's pretty big. He's pretty lengthy. And the way that all three of them can get into the lane and make things happen, they're drawing doubles. The defense is collapsing on him. So whether it's Chet, whether it's Dort, Case and Wallace in the corner, they're wide open getting good looks. So it makes sense what they're doing with this offense is pretty encouraging. And I mean, Mark Daniel, he's he's the real deal. He's a real deal. Oh, he's legit. And one other thing on Chet, you talked about him sitting out a year and bulking up. I also think this guy is a true gym rat, basketball junkie. I know he was watching as much film as he possibly could, uh, just eating every single thing up he could to be ready to go this season. And it has really showed he's he's taken this team to that next level like we think they can get to. Hopefully, the plan won't even be in the conversation this year. Hopefully not. It's going to be fun to watch. West is definitely wide open. The third and final team or player, I guess I should say, that has my attention, it's Tyrese Maxey and the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, we talked about them before the season, the Harden situation and how bleak things looked. He was a massive distraction. We didn't know if he was going to play at all. We didn't know how long they were going to sit on his contract, if it was going to be the trade deadline before they moved him. They got it done early in the year. Daryl Morey said, we'll take a couple picks and roll guys for him. He got absolutely crucified on paper. It looked like the Clippers won that trade, but it kind of feels like addition by subtraction. You get a guy out of there that didn't play defense. He wasn't a part of the team. He didn't want to be there. The Embiid presser the other night where he's saying, you know, we've got guys that want to be here. They're gelling with the team. They're working hard. It feels good to have everyone bought in. That's that's no mistake. That's a direct shot at Harden. And it feels like just getting him out of there has kind of gotten that gray cloud away from that team. Nick Nurse isn't a bad coach. You know, we'll see what this I looks like a, throughout the rest of the season. I think he's an upgrade over but, Rivers. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I wanted Nick Nurse and Phoenix really bad. So this Sixers team is once again working their way back into the contending conversation in the East for me. I don't think they're ready to beat the Nuggets, Warriors, or Suns in the finals if they get there. I just think those three teams have too much firepower for them to compete with. But man, if Embiid and Maxi stay healthy, who knows? This team could be making a run to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been very encouraged by what I've seen from them thus far. And if you look at the Clippers side, they're 0-2 since picking up Harden. He's looked terrible. He's not in shape right now. I think Out of we the strip ex- club last night. Yeah, I think we expected a slow start after that trade. We knew he wasn't in shape coming into the year. I'm sure it will He's be a clown. Better, but that yeah, team's going to be mess. a dumpster fire. I don't care yeah. how much talent they have. Though I love Kawhi, but those other three guys are just a problem on the same team and Kawhi there's concerns too like you just never know what you're going to get with him and he could disappear for who knows how long and it just feels like they have four of the most controversial all-stars over the last 10 years on one team and the fact that people think it's going to work and they're magically going to figure it out is crazy to me like Westbrook and Harden don't like each other that hadn't worked the first time you add PG and Kawhi in there who don't seem to be true locker room leaders that are going to bring everyone together and get it figured out it just feels like a dumpster fire waiting to happen and they're going to be fun to watch for all the wrong reasons yeah it feels like they don't have the veteran leadership that they need which is crazy to say considering they have four of the best players of the generation guys who have uh, won MVPs, like, finals MVPs, yeah. been in, you know, all kinds of different playoff situations, but none of them have won anything besides Kawhi. That was so long ago, though, that I, I'm not sure it's still the same guy. I'm holding out hope, but they're bad, like objectively not very good. Who's going to hold them accountable Nobody. other than Ty Lu? I'm not sure it's anyone. Russ is going to do what he does and be an emotional leader, but we also yeah, know Russ isn't and someone. and throw fits and stand on the sideline with his back turned to everyone. He's not going to fix things. We know he's not 
someone who's like telling everyone where to be on defense because he's out of position himself as well. He's the I number just one don't... ball watcher in the league, man. If you could pull a stat on who's allowed the most back cuts over the last five to ten years, it's got to be him. Yeah, and then you have Harden, who's not exactly trying super hard on defense too. So, going to be interesting to see how the season plays out for them. I'm selling stock in them right now. I think it's going to go up in flames. To be Peter, honest, I know, I know who's going to fix it. I know who's a real locker room leader on that team. Bones Highland. He's just been great in the oh locker my. room. He's going to fix things for them. <laughs> hey, you might be right, but yeah, worries with them on defense. Plumlee's out for. I don't know if it's two weeks or two months. I can't remember a while. So I think it's going to be slow. They're going to have to win some games middle of the season down the stretch. Make sure that they're in the mix. Um, the last thing that has my attention real quick is, before we move on, just got to throw yeah. it out. Maxi stats on the year, just because this is unreal. I don't think he can sustain these. He's shooting 48% from the floor, 41% from three, 90% from the free throw line, 25 and a half points per game over five rebounds and seven assists. That's unreal. I mean, he could be 50, 40, 90, averaging 25 plus a game. I think Philly has another move to make as well with some of the assets they got in that trade. Agreed. Agreed. All right. What's your third and final uh, big takeaway thing that has your attention? Thing that has my attention is the in season tournament. I loved what I saw last Friday night. We're going to get it again. Disappointed. Oh, come on. I, I don't get how anyone can be hating on this. What we had last week was super fun. The courts immediately jump out, let you know there's something different about these games. Has a little some more. Some of the meaning. courts were bad, so I, some were disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I liked a couple, but man, it was like the Bulls court. The Bulls court was, was, was horrendous. That was awful. It really did look like they were playing in hell. I'm with you there. Some <laughs> some of them were sick though. I thought OKC's was pretty cool. They the had Pacers a super. Yeah, super exciting game against the Warriors. Controversial call there at the end. Thunder should have won. Pacers, nice win over the Cavaliers. There was just a lot of close games in that first outing. I want to see how it goes this Friday as you're listening to this. I'm just all in on it. I, I think it's actually going to matter down the stretch. It's generating a lot of buzz. You're asking or your friends are asking you, how does this work? You're like, okay, well, there's five teams in your group. They all play each other. Yeah, it's like the World Cup, and it's built into the regular season. That's how I've explained it, but I yeah, don't know. That... I'm still halfway in. I, I like the idea of it, but I think there's more that can be done here, and I think the incentives to the winner, like Halliburton threw it out, potentially getting a playoff bid. I still think adding a 33rd pick in the first round, or a 31st pick, I should say, and whoever wins the play in tournament gets that last first round pick that's added. I think that would be a nice incentive, but hopefully this gets refined and grows and evolves because it's a good idea in theory. I think that would be cool, but I worry about like a veteran getting pushed off the roster or something because of that pick at at minimum, it would be a trade asset, but I, I like the automatic play in spot. You're just automatically guaranteed a chance at the playoffs. If you win this, um, I think it's going to have some allure. It's going to matter. It's going to be one of those accolades we use to compare LeBron and MJ for this upcoming generations. Uh, I don't know about that yet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be like 13 versus 12 All-Star games. It'll be three versus two the NBA The only Cup. person who would make that argument is LeBron. I don't know. Time will tell. Um, but I'm I'm here for it. It's been fun. And one thing I want to see... I know that these groups were random this year, 
how about they keep the groups every season so we build some real rivalries between these teams? Man, that's a good idea, but some of the groups feel a little lopsided. I guess over time it would even so out. So what? It's like, all right, be better. It's the same thing with NFL divisions. The Chiefs have been whooping everybody's ass for a decade now. Like, if your team sucks, get better. Just an extra incentive to try to build a winning team. Yes, I guess. I think it'd be cool. All right, that's all I have. Anything else from you? No, man, I'm excited to watch over these next couple weeks and see how some of these teams that are off to really hot or really slow starts make adjustments and how uh, how the landscape kind of shakes out once we get a bigger sample and start to get a real idea of who the contenders are, who's bottom of the barrel and going to be looking to sell and who's looking like a playing team, all that fun stuff. All right, let's look at some college football. Been a super fun year thus far. No shakeup last week, but there was some awesome games. We had Washington, USC, the last ever Bedlam, Missouri, giving Georgia a pretty good game there till the fourth uh-huh. quarter. I'm all in on this college football season. I think it's great. And what we want to do is go through the new rankings and see how they differ from ours and see which teams we re- have a we think have a real chance at being a contender here. So. Jackson, I'll rattle off the top of the rankings. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, unchanged from last week. Do you think that's right? And where do you where do your rankings differ? I mean, I I think that's fine that the committee's gonna leave the same top few teams here. I still have Michigan one, Washington two, Ohio State three, and Georgia four. I know Washington had struggled over the last few weeks, and USC did play them close and they've struggled, but this Washington team is legit. They find a way to win games, even when they're not playing their best. And I think when you look at their body of work, specifically that Oregon win, they have to be up there as a top three team. Yeah, I I like Washington, but I actually leapfrogged Oregon over them this week. I'm that's so crazy to me. They they beat Oregon. (laughs) I know, but I've been so impressed with the way Oregon has been playing since that loss. I think they've been the better team. Than Washington has. I know Washington just beat USC, but USC's free falling right now. They're not even ranked anymore. And Oregon hosts USC this weekend. So I think they're going to probably beat them by 20 or more. Watch out. Watch out. That feels like an upset spot to me, but I'm big on Oregon. I think they're by far the best one loss team and they very much still have a shot at the playoff. Yeah, I I moved them up to three. I have Michigan one, Georgia two. I think they deserve to be there. Still haven't lost since... uh, what two seasons ago and then Oregon three Ohio State four I believe in the defense but still haven't seen enough from the offense there's all this hype about Travion Henderson Mayan Williams I haven't seen a a lot from that run game it's just Marvin Harrison and then a good defense as far as I'm concerned Um, and then after that the playoff rankings Washington five Oregon six Texas seven Bama eight what is your five through eight. So I've got Florida state at five, Oregon at six, Texas at seven, Bama eight. So very similar there to what the committee's got. And with Oregon, their last game of the season is one to watch. They're playing at home against Oregon state. Oregon state is ranked 12 right now. That could very well be the game for them to kind of stamp their final seal on we're a playoff team, roll into the PAC 12 championship and get it done. Cause I mean, yeah, Washington did beat them. I like I I totally understand why you have them above Washington. I think Oregon probably is the better team, but I just can't put them above Washington with them being undefeated. 
Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I just think if they played again or at a neutral site, Oregon would come out on top. Still a believer in Penix and those receivers, but just give them the slight edge. I have Florida State 5, Washington 6, Bama 7, and Texas 8. We got to talk about Bama. I, I think they <laughs> they might just go on and beat they Georgia will. in the SEC They'll weasel championship. their way into the playoff. They will. Yeah. If they're even close, they'll get in. Milrose made a lot of improvement throughout the season, and I was skeptical. I thought there's a good chance he wasn't the guy. He could lose his job, but he looks legit, and it looks like they figured a lot out on offense. Massive win over LSU this weekend, and I'm starting to believe that Bama could be in the hunt, and who knows? Bama might win the Natty this year. Yeah, it would not shock me at all. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, LSU's defense is atrocious, but still an impressive win. Hung 42 on them. You didn't exactly shut down Jaden Daniels. He, Meanwhile, he's running one of the best offenses in the country. I, I just liked what I saw from them, and they appear to be getting better and better as the season goes on. I think this might be one of Saban's most impressive, if not his most impressive coching jobs. They might be better than they were with Bryce Young a year ago. Here and they, they don't are. have the weapons on offense that they did the last yeah. few seasons. Like their receivers in their run game, it's not going to be a bunch of first round picks like it has been the last five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, here they are coming out of nowhere, and I, I think they're for real. Then rounding out the top twelve: Ole Miss nine, Penn State ten, Louisville eleven, Oregon State twelve. Let's hear what you've got. I honestly think after Bama, you could make an argument for six or seven teams here to round out what we have as the top 12. I've got, similar to the committee, Ole Miss at nine, Penn State at 10. I think after those one-loss teams, you could make an argument for just about any of these two-loss teams. You could argue for Louisville if you want. They have a couple decent wins, but I'm let's good. be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. They barely beat Virginia tonight. They had to score 17 points in the fourth quarter to come back and win. I don't think they're legit. So I've got Mizzou at 11. I think what they've shown against the top teams that they've played, even though they barely lost to LSU, they couldn't hold off Georgia, and they lost that game late I still think they're very good I think they're in the conversation I don't think they can sneak into the playoff but they can still make a little noise in the SEC and then I'm sorry I'm a total homer for this the loss we have is abysmal but I'm putting my pokes in there at 12 I think when you look at how we're playing right now and what we've done over the last five weeks we're better than a lot of these teams in the 9 to 15 range and the South Alabama loss killed us I mean it, it was the best thing for us. Gundy finally chose one. Well, it is. I mean, you can explain it. Our coach was dumb enough to try and rotate three <laughs> quarterbacks, and he Good put point. a freshman in with eight minutes in the fourth quarter thinking he was going to lead a comeback. So that game drives me crazy. But like I said, it's probably the best thing to happen to us. And the fact that Oklahoma State's even relevant right now is absolutely wild. But we should be in the Big 12 championship. Kansas has a good chance, too. You're right there with us. Uh, we need you to lose. Oklahoma State controls their own destiny. Uh-huh. Okay. And okay. the the loss in Stillwater just hurts more and more as the season carries on. I mean, I mean what if, a game if you that was. That game, you could be ranked in the top 10 and have an <laughs> yeah. argument that you could win the Big 12 and somehow get into the play-in or playoff. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think either of our teams want to be in the playoff because we'll get absolutely destroyed by Michigan, Washington, Ohio State, Georgia, whoever it is we'd go up against. But we're maybe two of the best teams in the Big 12. Maybe the two best. I don't know. Texas is still good. Mm, Texas you know, is the best. We got to put respect on them, but 
man, they almost lost to K-State this last weekend. They've had some close calls. should have won. They were the better team down the stretch of that game. I still can't get over Chris Kleiman going for it. Yeah, that was stupid. Just kick goal goal and take all the momentum into OT. Just take all the momentum into OT. If it's the one or shorter, yeah, sure, go for it. Call your best play, whatever. The two, right, it's a clear I'm still passing down. It. You're, you're one dimensional. Everyone knows you're not yes. going to run it. It's a clear pass play. Yeah, I'm with you. That was a stupid decision. Yeah, totally agree. Um, congrats on the Bedlam win. That's huge that Appreciate you have it. bragging rights over OU for I know, man, indefinitely. And- one, two out of the last three, we can go off on a high note. I was just, I was in bed about to run the marathon, waking up at 4 a.m. And I was like, I just, I just want to go party right now and celebrate <laughs> it. It was so hard to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Very uh, happy for my father there. Uh, surrounded by OU people his whole, his whole life. Gets the, gets Me the too. victory. <laughs> Me yeah. too. I was letting yeah. everyone hear it. Um, my, the rest of my top 12, Almost identical, except for the last two. I got Ole Miss 9, Penn State 10, Missouri 11. The other OSU, Oregon State at 12. I I like the way they play defense. They have some talented guys on that team. So I put them there. Um, But yeah, impressed with the folks. A tough stretch to close the season here for Oregon State. I think they could jump up quite a bit in the rankings. They have Washington and Oregon, their last two games. So they've got a chance to make a big statement. They do. Uh, probably will cannibalize each other a bit here. So, yep. And then uh, it's going to wind up being two SEC teams in there, probably Georgia and Bama. Yeah. And I still think LSU is really good. I think Jaden Daniels is a stud. They have a couple awesome receivers, uh, sneaky team. Wouldn't want to play them in a bowl game. KU's projected. I wouldn't be surprised if that's who one of our teams gets in a bowl game. Yeah. Would not want to play them. Kansas is projected for the Texas Bowl against Texas A&M right now. I want a better team than that. Finish but, the year strong and you'll get a better bowl game. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Got Texas Tech this weekend. Should win, I think, but being a Kansas fan, uh, there's there's really no should wins. <laughs> that's just fly by the seat of your pants and hope everything goes right. All right, so Oklahoma State, though, last three games here, it's UCF, Houston, and BYU all very winnable. If we play Texas in the big 12 championship and come off with a significant win, who knows, man, I'm going to be rooting for chaos above us. Yeah. Y'all have a very easy stretch run. So the whole schedule this year is cake. It's the easiest (laughs) schedule we've had in maybe two decades. Yeah. The Kansas, the uh, KU, OU, OSU games, those three playing each other is what decided the second spot in the conference this year. Um, Totally agree. Before we move on from college football, I want to talk a little bit about USC and their collapse. Caleb Williams crying in his mother's arms. That was uh, bad. That was bad. <laughs> Alex Grinch fired. Alex Grinch fired. Finally. I mean, yeah, that was overdue. Lincoln Riley, you have to address your defense if you want to have real success as a coach. I mean, that was. That was our Achilles heel at Oklahoma. Same thing at USC. And I'm only bringing this up to say, I think Drake may is going to go first in the draft. Some scouts I follow have already flipped them. Um, and I think there are teams that are, he's picking up momentum. I I ruled it out a while ago. I didn't think there was any chance, but that possibility is becoming a lot more likely as, as USC and Caleb Williams really struggle more and more. 
He's six four. He's got better size than Caleb. I think he's a little bit better from the pocket. He's obviously not the creator that Caleb is. Nobody is other than Patrick. His arm Hill. isn't quite as strong. Yeah, but he's just tough as nails, super competitive, off the field, everything that you could possibly want. And I I, mean, yeah, I really think Caleb crying like that. Like it it's cool to see Caleb cares that much. But I do think he's been babied his whole life. Oh, okay. All right. Come on. Come on. It's showing, dude. They're coming out saying he wants equity in a team. Here he is crying during a regular season game like that. Like That's probably his agent that put that out, just being overzealous, thinking he's a lock to be one and trying to capitalize on all the momentum. I, I don't know. I just... I just don't want to put stuff out like that. I want to. This be guy's not first. Zach Wilson, okay? This guy's not Zach Wilson. Let's not. Go I don't think he's one. a bust. I'm not saying that. I think he's going to be awesome. No, but, but Zach Wilson. I mean, he's trust fund baby. Been given everything his whole <laughs> life. Silver spoon. People settle that. Let's not go there with Caleb. Let's not go there yet. All right. So like Lamelo and Lonzo are awesome NBA players. We were worried about Lavar's involvement. I'm worried about Caleb's dad. Everything I've heard is I don't know enough to make a statement on the record here. I don't know enough, but who knows? All right. I, I just I want to see it from Caleb. Get it together, man. Love that you care, but get it together. Is he a lock to be the Chicago Bears starting quarterback next year? I don't know. I, I was talking about the, that today. Actually, I would not want to be a Bears fan because I would have no faith that they get this right. Like, well, yeah, I also don't know how much better than Justin Fields he is. Like, I think he is better, but is he that much better where you can just plug him into the system that they have now and all of a sudden it's going to be night and day? I don't think so. The way I see it is you could have two just fantastic guys, prospects on your team. Olu Fashanu, the tackle from Penn State, and then obviously Marvin Harrison, Marvin Jr., Harrison. who's a one-of-one type receiver prospect. You could get both of those guys with Justin Fields. And that's the other frustrating thing. Justin Fields needs to get on the field so they can actually evaluate what they have. That was, that's what this wasn't a Thursday night game. If it wasn't a Thursday night game, he'd play. I also think Eberflus is about to get fired. I mean, did you see the press conference with him getting the questions about (laughs) Justin Fields? Yeah. The press conference alone is fireable. He's doubtful. 30 (laughs) seconds later. Well, he's doubtful, but he's probably out. Okay. So you're saying he's probably out. Is he going to play? No, he's not going to play. So he's out. Well, now we're listening to him as doubtful. But you just said he's not going to play, but you're listening to him as doubtful. Well, right now he's doubtful. We'll evaluate it later. We're going to give him more time. <laughs> but two minutes ago, you just said he's not going to play and he's out. Well, for now, we're calling him doubtful. It's like, what What are we doing? Take the mic yeah. out of that guy's hand. <laughs> yeah, uh, he needs a little, a couple of PR lessons. I'm with you. No, he uh, needs to be fired. He's not a good coach. Well, the other alternative is draft a quarterback. Hope you drafted the right one because it it's a coin flip most of the time. I think time. you got to take a QB with one of the picks. You just don't find yourself in the top three in a strong QB class that often. It sucks for Fields, but I think you got to do it. Yeah, and it's shaken out pretty well for them with Kyler coming back for Arizona. You think they might rattle off a win or two with him under center? They just uh, the Bears just beat the Panthers tonight, so improve their odds Panthers of getting that pick, number one yeah. pick even more. Yeah. Like a lot to be excited about, but I'd be so concerned they take the wrong quarterback and it <laughs> yeah. all goes up in flames. I'd be anxious as hell, cautiously excited and optimistic, but I'd be nervous. Yeah. Uh, to put a bow on college football, I think we had the same top eight teams, and I think all eight of those could win the Natty. 
Those, yep, are, those are my cutoff. true contenders. Yeah, and then after that, it, it drops off at Ole Miss. Yeah, the uh, everyone pretty much nine and beyond those like nine to sixteen that range. They're just praying that chaos above them happens and they can get that fourth playoff spot and get murdered in the first round by whoever they play. Yeah, and I think I would even drop Texas out. I think they're probably fraud, so it would be Bama. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's wrap it up with week 10 in the NFL, big swinging picks. Uh, Jackson, before we give out our picks, are there any games that jump out to you this weekend? It's it's a pretty rough uh, slate. I think this is the pumpkin patch week, if there's a single pumpkin patch week this season. I don't know. Some of these kind of middle of the road games that aren't that exciting are going to be really important. Browns at Ravens is going to be a good one. Texans at Bengals. I'm weirdly excited for, especially coming off yeah. the massive CJ Stroud performance last week. No T. Even Higgins. Like Saints, Saints and Vikings. Yeah. And Jamar Chase might not play Packers and Steelers. I think those are going to be fun to watch. Packers and Steelers don't expect much points, but it should no. be a good game. Um, 49ers and Jags is another one. I mean, that might be the marquee game of the week, but the one that I'm really looking forward to, Lions at Chargers. I know that everyone's counted the Chargers out and Brandon Staley this, Brandon Staley that. I watched them Monday night in person, and that defense looked the best it has all year. I know it's Zach Wilson, but... Zach Wilson had looked quite a bit better the last few weeks. The Jets had strung together a few wins, and the Chargers absolutely manhandled them. I mean, the amount of angry New Yorkers yelling at Zach Wilson was hilarious. You go yeah, in the give bathroom, us- and it's like, it's like, oh, we fucking blow. We're about to lose the next four weeks. This is terrible. <laughs> like, it was hilarious, man. It, going to the bathroom was the most entertaining part of the entire thing because everyone was just letting it rip. Give me 30 seconds on the MetLife experience, getting to the game, the atmosphere, the concourse, Dude, the whole getting vibe. To the game, getting to the game was impossible. I couldn't get on the right damn bus to save my life. We walked around for an hour trying to find it, got in line for the wrong bus two different times. It was 8 o'clock by the time we finally got on a shuttle, so we were 10 <laughs> minutes late for kickoff, but big brain play. I was like, let's wait to buy the tickets because we're going to be late to the game, so they'll drop. We got or tickets in the first section, 80 bucks a pop. They're like $500 value. So good seats. Good. The atmosphere was crazy, man. I'd been to one NFL game before. It was a Browns game the year they went 0-16. So the vibe <laughs> in the stadium was much different. And even though they lost, just That's how hilarious. knowledgeable and how much the fans cared. Like, I'm talking shop with all the guys around me. You know, they're like, oh, I can't believe we're playing this coverage. Or, you know, it's third and seven. Like, we got to run the ball here and try and go for it on fourth down. Zach Wilson can't throw more than 10 yards down the field anyway. So pick up short yardage, go for it. Like, just the way that they talked about the game and consumed it was awesome. And I had so much fun, even though they got the shit beat out of them. And you had money on the Chargers. Yeah, you know, we took the Chargers spread to pay for our tickets. That helped. (laughs) All right. I love that. Perfect. Um, Yeah, there's some exciting games. Even Falcons Cardinals, like, I think the Falcons are good. They just are missing a quarterback. We got Kyler Murray coming back. That could be entertaining. Yeah, Commander Seahawks could be fun. Like, these are all middle-of-the-road games, but they should be exciting. Yeah, Saints-Vikings, like, Derek Carr, Josh Dobbs. I I can't stand watching Derek Carr in that Saints offense. It's infuriating. Uh, I saw a stat today. Chris Olave runs a slant on 7% of routes, which is like by far in a way the lowest for a number one wide receiver. Well, Michael Thomas runs all the slants. That's why. Yeah, well, they just don't scheme up easy targets for him. It's always just deep shots asking him to make big Or a check down to Kamara, one of the two. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they're not using him correctly. But anyways, Saints Vikings like that has real implications for division standings in the NFC playoff race. I'm with you. Um, yeah, this, this is a solid slate. Let's get into our picks, though. Let's recap last week. You said you had two and they both I hit. Did. So what they were they? Indeed. Where's the bankroll at? So we had two units on the Chargers minus three that hit. And then we also had our teaser with the Browns and the Saints. So I'm I'm big chilling right now. We're up a solid nine and a half units. Browns beat the Cardinals and the Saints beat who? the Raiders. The Raiders. That's right. No. The Raiders no, beat Bears. the Bears. It was the Bears. It was the Bears. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah, man. This right. we're we're in the past here. We're going too far back. But hit both bets last week. So we are we're looking good on the bankroll. All right. And I had a two leg teaser, three units, came out at plus one oh two. Seahawks Ravens under forty seven and a half. Had my eye on that Ravens defense, dominated that game. I think the total came out to forty. So nice win there. And then Cowboys plus eight. At Philly, man, Dak played really well. Just a few plays at the end of that game, swung it. I'm pissed off. Should have won the game. I think they were the better team the majority of the day. Uh, But positive to see CD's continued uh, success the last handful of weeks. I think they're going to just steamroll the Giants and Tommy DeVito this week. Uh, They should. They should. And just rehashed my, my units here. I'm up 6.5 on the year. That is the tally nice. that I'm at currently. A lot, a lot of units moving around, a lot of math. That was tough, but up six and a half. There we go. I was at even going into last week. That was a plus three unit winner. So I'm at plus three on the year. All right, Jackson, what do you have for me this week? All right. So I got two straight up bets this week. I'm putting three units on each of them. So worst case scenario, I'm up half a unit on the year. I'm taking the Niners minus three at Jacksonville. Debo's been practicing. Trent Williams on the right path. It sounds like they're finally going to be healthy, locked and loaded this week. Steve Wilkes is going to be down on the field. They pulled the Steelers here like they took Matt Canada out of the booth, put him down on the sideline, doing that with Steve Wilkes. Working wonders for the Steelers. Yeah, my uh, my 49ers (laughs) insider here told me that Steve Wilkes will be fired if they have another bad defensive showing this week. It sounds like he's on the hot seat already. They've added Chase Young to that defensive line. They're healthy on the offensive side of the ball. They're due for a big bounce back win. I think the Jags are solid, but I don't think the Jags are quite as good as their record says at six and two. So I feel really good about the Niners minus three there this week. All right. That's wild. Firing Steve Wilkes. Their defense has been pretty good all season. Purdy's been turning the ball over in these losses that I, I don't. The defense don't has not been very good the last five games. Yeah, it's it's come back to earth a little bit, but Purdy hasn't been that good. He's been turning the ball over. Like, what do you expect? I, I think it's I mean, hard to they sustain that They let the Bengals hang 31. The Vikings hung 22. It just it hadn't been good, man. It hadn't been good. They're coming off three straight losses, and Purdy hasn't been amazing, but the defense has let him down. All right. Well, we will see. Didn't know things were that dire in San Francisco. I actually kind of like the Jags plus three. Uh, I think wow. this is a, this is a statement game for Jacksonville. They could easily win this and then be considered one of the top teams in the AFC. Like, they could, but I don't think pull- they will. Also, I just I pull it up here. I open up ESPN and click on the 49ers. Top article. 49ers DC Steve Wilkes unfazed by critics. So that, that's top oh, article that the critics right. are getting to him. 
He's yeah, unfazed, I, though. He's unfazed. I can't wait to see how this game plays out. I, I think Jacksonville has a real opportunity to show they're for real here. So, And then both teams off a bye as well. Like, how do they look? Um, all right, I'll give you my pick. It is a two-and-a-half-unit money line parlay coming out to, I think, plus 119. So I'm going two favorites here. Okay. Ravens at home against the Cleveland Browns. I I don't know about that one. I know it's a divisional matchup. It's not an NFC team that Lamar is accustomed to destroying. But what have we seen from this Browns offense to make us think that they're going to be able to move the ball on this number one rated Baltimore defense? Nothing. Deshaun Watson was healthy all week this week practicing, but he really hasn't found a rhythm with any receiver not named Amari Cooper this year. I just don't see Cleveland moving the ball in this game, and I think that Baltimore offense gets better and better as the season goes on under Todd Munkin. He's Lamar spreading the wealth, playing the best he ever has. I think Ravens win this game, probably cover as well. And then the second leg is Lions minus three over your Los Angeles Chargers. We know they don't have any kind of home field advantage. This Lions, the Lions team has a lot of fans, you know, excited to go on vacation, go to L.A. I think they're going to have a real presence in SoFi Stadium. It's a fast track. Jared Goff plays well indoors. I think this is going to be a really fun game. Could come down to the wire, but. I'll take Dan Campbell over Brandon Staley any day of the week. So Lions winning on the road against the Chargers. Ravens winning at home over the Browns. That's plus 119, two and a half units. All right. I do think there's going to be a lot of points in Lions Chargers. That over-under is 48 and a half. I don't love that point five there, but I do think like the hook scares me a little, but I do think we're going to see 50 plus points. So uh that would be the way I lean in that game. And then that'd be fun. That that Ravens Browns game just feels like a stay away to me. That's one of those weird division games where I know the Ravens handled them earlier in the year when Deshaun Watson was out, but this just feels like a division get right rivalry. I agree. Low scoring, close game where the Browns could win it. It just feels like anything goes type game and a little bit of a letdown for the Ravens potentially. I agree. I, I think the only scenario where the Browns would win is if Lamar's turning the ball over and Miles Garrett in the backfield yeah, wreaking havoc. Cleveland scores with their defense. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be able to score more than 10, 13 points in this game. And I think Lamar and this offense can do enough to get there. I think the Ravens very well could win, but at six and a half points, I like the Browns to cover. So I like that you got the money line in there, not the spread. I, I can, I can get behind that. All right. What's your other pick? All right, you're going to love this one. So my second yeah. pick here, Steelers minus three at home versus the Packers. The Packers are three and five. The Steelers are five and three. The Steelers have one of the best defenses in football. Jordan Love's not a good quarterback. I'm sorry, but the sample size is big enough. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. They're playing on the road in one of the most hostile environments in the NFL. And even though the Steelers offense still doesn't look that good, they're winning games. They had a nice win on Thursday night football coming off a nice long rest. They have those extra few days to recover. Kenny Pickett is healthy. I think we're going to see a massive George Pickens game. If he can just keep his head on his shoulders. (laughs) Yeah. I like the Steelers to win this one. It just doesn't matter what the spread is with them though, because I worry about their ability to score. Uh, But they win. Yeah. 
I like I like them to win. I just minus three. I don't know if I had to pick one side, it would be this. Let me let me read you off how many points the Packers have scored in each of their games this year. They put up 20 against the Rams. Very impressive, but that was no Stafford. The Rams couldn't sustain a drive, so 20 points, whatever. 10 points against the Vikings. 17 points against the Broncos. 13 points against the Raiders. 20 points against the Lions. 18 points against the Saints. 24 points against the Falcons. And okay, they scored 38 week one against the Bears, but I'm not really ready to say that meant anything (laughs) at this point in the season. So what I'm saying is they can't score points in over the last, what, one, two, three, four five six they haven't broken the 20 point mark yeah and they've scored 16 points in the last six first halves i believe that is sounds about right (laughs) that is heinous that is hard to do um yeah Steelers are gonna win this game i I just want to see kenny pickett get going can he be the man I hope, man. I hope. And if he doesn't get going, win or lose, I think you got to fire Matt Canada after this week if you don't put up more than 20 points. Yeah. Yeah, probably. All right, recap. I have a two-and-a-half unit money line parlay. Ravens over the Browns. Lions over the Chargers. And Jackson, you have? I'm up 6.5 units. I got the Niners, three-point favorite at Jacksonville, three units on it. And then I got the Steelers, three-point favorites at home versus the Packers, three units on it as well. All right. You guys know the drill. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating, and we'll be back next week. Peace.